Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. New Amsterdam Radio starts now. Hello everyone, Global Voice, the mayor, hanging out in the mayor's office and, well, I want to know, what are you working on? I always want to know that. Make sure you hit us up at New Amsterdam on Instagram and at New underscore Amsterdam on Twitter and drop us a line of the projects that spark your passion. Well, I don't have to say this. You don't need me to tell you this, but 2020 was pretty notable. And as we're in the middle of 2021 and beyond, I am so glad it warms my heart to see more and more individuals stepping forward about their perspectives, about their ideas, and what makes them tick. And well, today's guests are no different. Rappers Jason Chu and Alan Z, which have formidable careers on their own, have combined like Voltron to release Face Value, an album in the hip-hop sphere that really outlines the experiences and situations that Asians and Asian Americans have to contend with on a daily basis. And it was great to sit with them and to find out what was their passion of putting the project together. And if you haven't listened to Face Value, please, please, please uh, make yourself uh, some time, carve out some time in your schedule, excuse me, to go ahead and do it. And if you want to hear rap from even another perspective, a couple months ago, I sat down with Griot B that had a very similar story from the African-American community perspective. So I love the fact that music is the chief storyteller here, but it's not about that. It's about face value. Before I do, make sure you visit newamsterdam.com. That's K-A-W-Amsterdam.com to learn more about the show and other episodes. And so without further ado, my chat with Jason Chu and Alan Z. Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creators. That is I, Football Voice, the mayor, hanging with two very special, important people because that way we celebrate different parts of walks of life. Everyone here in the city for creators, but different perspectives as well. The album is called Face Value, and my guests today are the, I say, lead lead rappers on this one. <laughs> Jason right, Chu and right. Alan Zhu, how are you guys doing today? Good. Hey, we living, man. We, we, yeah. we outside again. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, this this has been an uh, experience and a half, the, the quarantine, the pandemic and all that. Uh, well, the reason why I hesitated on top, it was like, well, face value isn't just a project of two individuals. I mean, it is a whole team that came together like Voltron, or the Avengers, depending on how old you are, <laughs> to make it happen. Let me start with you, Jason. What was the, the first idea you had when creating this album? Yeah, so this, it, it really... There's kind of two ways to tell the origin story, you know what I'm saying? One, one thing is you can say like, yo, we've been training for this our whole lives, you know what I'm saying? As like, you know, Asian American uh, artists, as, as men, uh, our experiences and everything we've lived through leads up to this. But it really started on this phone call that Alan and I had last summer, kind of, uh, you know, first couple months of quarantine. Uh, we were just tapping in with each other and we were like, yo, you know, how you doing? Like just, just on some friendship, you know what I'm saying? Just on some like... Uh, commiserating and you know not just the pandemic but also all of this uh, anti-Asian racism that was sort of surging through the nation uh, still is elevated right now and so we was just checking in and and we was kind of like hey man you know like what can we do to to add and to elevate the conversation you know what I'm saying there, there was a lot of and there was some really dope Asian American artists who created you know anti-hatred anti-racism songs 
uh, talking about some things. But we were like, yo, is there another angle that we could really not just add our voices to the conversation, but also open up the conversation into a slightly different way? And, you know, so I'll say uh, for myself, my career has been very much in the Asian American community. I do a lot of touring at colleges and at uh, different Asian American venues and organizations. And I've just really, you know, sunk into this community that I'm super proud to be a part of. And, and really learn the history in a way that I think a lot of people, Asian or otherwise, don't when we're growing up. Um, and Alan got his own background too. Yeah, mine is like slightly different. And when I say slightly, it's like completely different in terms of like <laughs> just how I came up. Cause for me, like I kind of took like the industry route. Like, so when I came in the game, I was under like full force. So if you remember like- you Yeah. Know, yeah, okay. So House like- Party? Was, yeah, yeah, House <laughs> Party, you know, like NSYNC, Bastard Boys. So. Like I've always kind of like took the route of like, yo, I'm trying to just like break through under the wings of like mentors and veterans in the game. And the thing that kind of like always stumped me was like my race. Like whenever I had, you know what I'm saying? Like an opportunity, like if someone wanted to scout me, for example, they'll kind of like hesitate right when it's about to like be go time. And they're like, oh, but you're Asian. And then I think that for me always felt like this, like this hindrance, right? So yeah. I think it was, it was, and it was something I felt like you know, it's kind of like the Eminem thing, right? Like when Eminem was trying to break out, like, you know, everyone was always white. I don't know how to market him. And so I think like the, the Asian factor for me, it, it was like, it felt like a hindrance. And so I realized that this hindrance was actually my superpower. And what I mean by that is when I started to actually dive into my own community, because like I, I was more immersed in the black community when I was growing up. But once I dived into my own, I realized we all had very similar types of like struggles and, and like, um, narratives when it came to like the entertainment industry and just in general in terms of like how we came up in terms of like the microaggressions the, the racism and just all the things that we you know like went through so when me and jason yeah. linked up for face value i think it was kind of like natural because like no matter what walks of life you came from like this this culture that we have like it's it's ingrained in us and it's like it's something that we can one celebrate and learn from you know in terms of our, our past and our history yeah yeah they say the united states are the great american melting pot if you will and it doesn't matter what minority group i've ever had a chance to speak with the the story seems to be very similar there is like a veneer of it being equal for all but underneath that there tends to be things that aren't equal so Lan, let me start with you but like why do you think that's the case like why do you think that even though we say we want equality we high five each other on tv shows and smile like this that day to day this is just a bit of a disconnect I mean, I think it's just human nature, you know, like we're the Michael Jackson. It's just like, you know, we're, we're all we're all selfish people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so when we're under this construct, we're like we're fighting for crumbs as minorities. Right. And then we have like, you know, the, the structure that kind of like, you know, elevates like, you know, a certain type of people. Right. But it doesn't elevate people like us. We're left with this idea that we have to fight amongst each other. Right. The scarcity principle. And I think that's what causes like a lot of tension, a lot of competition and a lot of like this these narratives of like fighting to dominate or like whose voice gets to be louder so i think you know america as a concept is great but then america as like an actual like reality is like we have so much to fix in terms of like how to treat people better true uh jason uh the first single well model minority what made me chuckle when i first saw that because there is that kind of like concept of what it means to be in well let me ask your opinion what does it mean to you what does this first single mean to you in face value yeah so model minority is the first single off face value uh features our friends dante bosco you know maybe better known as rufio uh, from, from Hook, or if you're in a different generation, Prince Zuko from Avatar, and our friend Neela, who is a South Asian Canadian singer. 
Um, we exactly we wanted to drop that as the first single because we know like as Asians, the number one stereotype that still confronts us is this idea that we're a model minority. Right. This idea like, oh, you know, you're the ones who just came in and assimilated and get along and and, you know, just really try to get along, uh, go along to get along. And and the truth is, is completely different. The model minority stereotype was invented by white media and, and, and academics in the 60s to specifically uh, both put down black and brown peoples as well as to uh, to to gloss over the continuing struggles of Asian people and Pacific Islanders in America. And so, you know, we knew that coming out the gate, we had to swing hard, right? We had, we had to like, like go for the fences. And, and that's really the number one thing, you know? I know whenever I'm talking to my like black or Latinx or native friends or white people, you know, like uh, one of the things that comes up is like, oh, you know, Asians are doing good. Asians are successful. Asians, you know, aren't getting attacked by police. And that's just absolutely not true. Uh, but again, right, you don't know that unless somebody gives you that counter-programming, you know, unless somebody introduces the alternative narrative. And that's exactly why we came out with that single first, because we wanted that to be sort of like a flag that we plant, saying like, yo, here's, you know, all of these things that you may think about our people, our communities. And, and we're, from Rip, we're going to tell you, like, that's a lie, and here's why. Here's, you know, Fong Lee, who got killed by this Hmong man, Hmong American boy, really, who got killed by police, you know, and, and never got justice. Here is, you know, the stories of Japanese Americans who are incarcerated, uh, American citizens who, who the government ordered to go into concentration camps. You know, here's, here's the stories of Chinese exclusion, and here's, you know, the story of Balbir Singh Sodi, right uh, uh, a south asian american man who was killed four days after 9 11 while he was just at his gas station that he owned so so for us you know i think as hip-hop heads you know i i, I love hip-hop music grew up in hip-hop culture same with alan and you know hip-hop has always been my vehicle of alternative education you know right. whether that's most deaf talking about water shortages whether that's you know little baby talking about the bigger picture, you know, whether that's um, for us Dead Prez and Royce to 59 Kendrick Lamar, these are big inspirations for these projects. And, and we wanted in the same way that all of these artists we love, we're like, here's everything that America tells you about blackness. Now let's show you what, what the culture really is, what the background really is. We wanted to swing for the fences and come out, you know, with a strong sort of, sort of statement from, from day one. And how's has the reception been so far? It's been cool. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, you know, Spotify, people be tapping in, uh, the singles be heard. Um, we've done a couple of, like I, like I was telling you earlier, we've been doing these virtual events. Um, and, and we got a lot of support in the community and also from, from our friends who just, you know, may not be Asian, but they, you know what I'm saying? Same thing. Like I said, I grew up listening to hip hop. And I'm, you know, I'm not black, I'm not Latino, but these voices inspired and showed me a little bit more of the world. Uh, we've been getting that. Alan, how how's it uh, looked on your side, right? I know you got a lot of feedback too. Yeah, I'd say like on, on a press side, I've been really happy with this, just a press run, because like we got coverage from like Fox 5 Atlanta, Newsy, Next Yard, Yahoo News. So it felt like on a mainstream level, like it was getting covered. And on a more like, you know, critical level, like I've been getting a lot of really good feedback in terms of just like how people have been like taking the album, like, the, you know, like um, from like, you know, the Asian perspective, right? Like the Asian fans that we've had listen to us, like there's been people that basically said this is 
the album that speaks to me directly about my life. You know what I mean? That like growing up is like I've never heard an album that like you know actually spoke directly to to what I go through. So I think yeah. on that level, it's like that's crazy, you know, to to know that we we nailed it like that. And then from an outside, from a perspective of a non-Asian, like I've, I've had people tell me like he cried listening to some of these songs because he had no idea what we went through, and just just learning about like the just um, just the atrocities of our community, you know. So I think um, the album did what it needed to do, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but was there some trepidation in in presenting this raw, honest take? of issues affecting the Asian American community? Did you worry at all how anyone was going to interpret that? Will there be any kind of blowback or something like that? I will always fight whoever says stuff like that. <laughs> like, I'm, okay. I've never, like, bro, like, just like the gaslighting that, like, goes on against the Asian community is ridiculous. So, like, I've gotten to a point where, like, I'm just, I'm ready to fight. And what I mean by that is, is like, I'm going to always have enough facts to make you look stupid if you come at me, you're basically trying to, like, gaslight me or, like, use yeah. a whataboutism to, like, trivialize my pain you know because i feel like you know like it, it should be like within j just like you as a person shouldn't want to like try and like take away someone's like trauma like that and i like but we're in a society now that it's like it's all attention based right it's like oh but if this person gets it and i can then i can tell my story but it's like no shut up dude it's like you know like every we have enough room for everyone to kind of share their experiences and, and their and their pain without like having to go against each other you know well, I, I thought it was kind of interesting too when when someone tries to express themselves in their ways. They always seem to be think pieces about, oh, it's great. Well, I don't know what it stands for, so I just want your perspective on that. I'm with you though. I think if you're ready to fight, you should, you should be able to. Uh, but let's let's talk about the collaborations. Uh, I, as a huge wrestling fan, was like, Zayn Zang's on the album. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, Ronnie Chang. Like, yo, talk, yeah. talk to me. How did I, the phone calls were made. People jump on. Like, Jason, how did it work out? Yeah, so, you know, let's start with, like, Zeta. Like, that's, like, my, my sister for real. You know what I'm saying? Like, we just be hanging out. We just got lunch the other day. Um, and and I, the way I put it is that, like, this album was, um, you know, for community, from community, for all, though. You know? Like, like it, it, it was, like, really this... this it, it was surprisingly easy. And now, trust me when you're wrangling we got like 15 features on the album and and we worked real hard to make sure that it was not just you know east asians not just chinese people because if we're talking about asian america you know there's so much diversity in that there's so many different countries and cultures um and viewpoints so we worked real hard to make sure that we had east southeast and south asian homies on this album uh but the beautiful thing is you know, when you're doing something for community, I think people who are community minded understand that and they mess with it and they and, and they're willing to like come on board. So, you know, like with Ronnie, like, you know, I met Ronnie on the road. Uh, he was he was performing and I was performing at this show in New York and, and, and we, we we just linked. And whenever he's in L.A., you know, he gets me a ticket to the show or whatever. So it, it was just putting out, you know, kind of like the bat signal being like, yo, you know, to all of our different friends, like we're doing this project, here's what this is. You know, this is this is the first time in recent, recent history that somebody's talked on these topics. You know, would you like to be a part of that? And very specifically, we were reaching out to people, you know, like Zeta, she's on our um, song Bruce, which is about like sort of martial arts and all that that's meant to Asian American, you know, communities. And so we very much like kind of lined it up so that it was people who we knew that they were passionate about certain topics and uh, we were able to, you know, engage them and ask them like, hey, man, you know, 
like, yes, would you do us a favor? But at the same time, you know, it's already on something that we know you're passionate about. Um, like, Alan, maybe you can talk about AJ Raphael. Yeah, so the way we worked out the AJ Raphael feature was uh, he came to us with, like, um, this acoustic song called Our Friend Larry Elion, which is about, you know, the, um, the organizer, the Filipino organizer that um, teamed up with Cesar Chavez. So pre pretty much create like, you know, like history within that, like that industry. Right. Yeah. And um, so we listened to it and we wanted to kind of like use that for that for this album. But we wanted to do it in a way that fits thematically and sonically. So I, uh, you know, I basically listened to the, the song and I, I rewrote that song for AJ into like a kind of like a dark R&B type of vibe. And then I, I just sang it and I, I sent him like a demo of me singing it. And then he, he, you know, he did. And, you know, definitely we see this, you know, you're never going to talk about the whole history of your people in one record, right? So there's right. definitely uh, more in the works, let's put it that way. And, yeah. uh, and, and we got, you know, a flourishing community right now. And that's the dope thing is that I would say the Asian American community and Asian American like consciousness of race and society and our place in it is, is both blossoming right now. So, you know, there's, there's a lot to come from our community and there's a lot that, that I think that this project can further do as, as we continue to grow and evolve and, and get active. Well, the thing for me was almost like you offered a sonic education. There was a, a list of individuals and concepts and, and dates and names that I went back and researched because of your album. So I, I thought it was great. I got a little bit of an education there. Yeah, I mean, especially the fact that, like, you know, like, this is a hip-hop album. Like, we would definitely not exclude black people. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that would be right. very counterintuitive. And, and the reason why, like, with that song, Malcolm and Yuri was important is just because we wanted to kind of show that history of, like, black and Asian solidarity that extends way beyond our time. You know what I mean? And to, you know, to be able to pay homage to, to someone like Malcolm X and Yuri Kochiyama, which is, again, glossed over in history. Like, when you watch Malcolm X documentaries and, and Hollywood films, you, like, never hear about Yuri Kochiyama, you know? And now she's, like, a name that, like, people are, you know, continually more talked about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and we wanted to kind of like, you know, be able to pay homage to that. Well, I wish you all the best. And I hope that there's a sequel coming down the pipe. But before we get out of here, is, is there any other projects you're currently working on that you wanted to talk about or share? Yeah, so we actually just, um, so Alan's based in Atlanta and I'm in LA. But uh, we actually just were able, you know, we all backed up and everything. So we actually were just able to shoot a couple music videos. Um, and uh, the, the, the first single... Uh, so we had a couple singles leading into the album, and then this summer we're pushing a couple singles. The first one, um, Foreigner, which is going to come out right around, or, or I think by the time this comes out, it'll have came out right around 4th of July. And Foreigner is, is, you know, one of our favorite songs on the album. And it's all about how, you know, there's these people that are American, that are, that are hustling, that have built, helped build this country, literally, that still get called foreigners. Um, so, so we shot a video with our friends, uh, a Mexican-American director, Saul, uh, who, who actually got an MTV VMA for his work with her. And then mm -hmm. our friend Serena, who's a Mien-American woman, who's an up-and-coming singer in LA. Um, so that, that'll, that'll have come out right around 4th of July. And then- um, That hook though, man. Oh, thank you. Man. Everybody want to be yeah. a foreigner? Oh! Hey, you know. <laughs> so like, What's up? yo, the, the thing about that song is it was supposed to go on my solo album, you know, because that, that's me, on, I'm singing on the hook, and, and um, that's all I had at first, where it was just like I wrote the hook, and then um, like when, when me and Jason were talking about the Face Value album, I was like, I, I was like, all right, 
I can give it away, but like I, you can't replace me. On like you, I'm not gonna let nobody else sing my hook. So that was like the the condition I had. But like I'm really glad like that the song came out the way it did. I'm really proud of it. Yeah, it was nice. It was a highlight for sure. But are you working on thing on your own side, your solo projects at all, Alan? As well? Uh, you know, I got a c couple like collabs on the way, and um, I'm probably gonna you know start working on my solo project later on. But I think right now my focus is to make sure that we roll out like face value, like you know all the way and you know then that includes like press uh you know like live performances touring and just just make sure that this kind of like has you know like more longevity and have you know so that this album is more like an evergreen project as opposed to like a one-off you know what i mean so right now that's really my main focus to, to yeah. work with jason on, on delivering on this cool yeah i think that you, you know, these days, especially a lot of because we're so digital focused, a lot of creators think like, oh, yo, I just released my project. My fans heard it. Now it's on to the next. And, and I think that there's an advantage to that there's a competitive advantage to that. But the truth is, and this is something that Alan said to me when we was in L.A. He and I think this is very wise. He was like, yo, just because the album, just because the project's out and our core fans have heard it. There's still a ton of people out there. There's more people out there that haven't heard it than have. And so it can be new to all of them. You know, and I think that there's there's something really wise in that is that just because your core fan base has already heard and received everything, you can still continue to feed them with new things while at the same time realizing that, you know, there's if, if, if there's a project that's been artistically crafted, that's strong, that's good musically, that's good conceptually, you can keep pushing that to new audiences. And just because, you know, you're, you're 500 or 15,000 or 50,000 or 5 million followers have already heard it doesn't mean you know you can't keep pushing it out with remixes or deluxes or or live shows and keep capturing new ears uh so i think yeah that's that's definitely what we're pretty focused on right now is is realizing like hey we've got this project of worth and value and we want to keep introducing it breaking new markets breaking new audiences um and our distributor and and our agency are behind that too yeah and if anyone wanted to follow you and your projects how they go about doing that yeah they can uh hit uh so Face value is at http colon slash slash facevalue.world. You can get all the info, all the knowledge, all the streaming links on there. I am Jason Chu at Jason CHU Music. Yeah, you can follow me everywhere at Alan Z Music, A L A N Z Music. And you can listen to our album Face Value on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon. And you can do that by either looking up me, Alan Z, or looking up Jason Chu. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours. <laughs>